Hi, welcome to the first episode of Footy for Two. I'm Solomon Dubner. And I'm Stephen Dubner. This is author of Freakonomics and his son, Solomon, and we're going to have our own soccer podcast once a week, sometimes twice a week, and we hope you guys enjoy it. I can't believe you called it soccer. We got to start off. No, we don't have to start. We can't have me calling it soccer. If you if you were in our family, you know you cannot call, say soccer. Let me explain. Solomon is a footy fanatic. That's why this is called footy for two and not soccer for two. And I'd like to thank our, my sister, your daughter, Ani Dubner, for coming up with the name. She said she's, she might copyright the name. She might copyright. I think you trademark it technically, not copyright. Okay. But she wants to charge us, basically, for yeah. naming it. But anyway, you call it's okay that you called it soccer. But we should mm. say that you're an American, but you're a footy nut. Definitely. So what are we going to talk about today, first episode? So this is a big, big week in domestic competition. How Why? about... And when you say domestic competition, leagues. leagues. So it's a North London Derby at White Wait, Hart Lane. Can you explain a little bit? North London Derby, it's meaning... A Tottenham Arsenal. Yeah, how many teams play in London in the Premier League? Let me count. So it's Chelsea, Crystal Palace, Arsenal, Tottenham, QPR? and West Ham. Oh, QPR, QPR is over there. The so it's five teams in London right now. Two of them are in Northern London. Okay. That's Tottenham and Arsenal. And can you talk a little bit about the nature of that rivalry? How intense it's is it? It's big. Tottenham's always been in Arsenal's shadow for the last... I, I don't believe for the last 20 years, I don't think Tottenham has finished above Arsenal once. Right, right. And Arsenal so, fans have an annual, have a pretty much now annual a holiday called St. Totteringham's Day. <laughs> which what? is Tottering, Totteringham's Day. Yeah. Which is, uh, one, which is a day of a year where it's mathematically guaranteed that they will finish above Tottenham. But <laughs> this might this might not happen this year, Arsenal fans. Is um St. Totteringham is the patron saint of... Crap football? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right. So, uh, but this year... Tottenham's looking good. They could win the title. It was a big North London derby. How do you feel uh, as a fan about Tottenham versus Arsenal? I mean, not versus, but you you like both teams quite a bit. I wouldn't say I'm a supporter of either team. I'm a Barca supporter and that only, but I they both play good football. They both have good values with youth. And just good football. Can I take you on a tangent for one second? So it's interesting you say you support Barca and Barca only, and I know that. Or not, you know, that's your... But why is it that most footy fans, um, even though there are many leagues around the world, or, you know, several big leagues, right? Spain, England, obviously, but also France, Italy, and MLS increasingly, and so on. Why is it that people um, have such a loyalty to the one in their league that um, they won't have, like, you won't have a favorite in the Premier League? Why is that? I think it's just, besides loyalty, I think it's just an emotional thing. It's hard to be so emotionally invested in more than one team. In other words, you think you'd implode or die? if you Pretty much. (laughs) Okay, so this weekend was the North London Derby. Derby. Yeah, and for the first time in a while, it's really a top a top of the table title clash that could have big implications on where the trophy ends this Did year. Did you just say top of the table title clash? Say it three times fast. Top of the table title clash. Top of the table title clash. Top of the table title clash. Wow. Okay. So describe the match. So it was all, it was very heated as it always is in North London. Heated meaning fans, players, everyone. Tottenham definitely started on the front foot. So just a few minutes before halftime, great back heel flick from Aaron Ramsey, one 0 to Arsenal. Okay. And the the away corner was bouncing. Wait, back away flick LA. from who? Aaron Ramsey. To who? Back, the goal was the back heel flick. Oh, you're kidding. Holy cow. Great cross from, I believe, Hector Bellerin. Okay, good. Which, so 1-0 Arsenal. And the match is at White Hart Lane, correct? Yeah. Which is home of Tottenham. I know I thought it mattered that much, but Francis Coughlin, Arsenal's defensive midfielder, already picked up a yellow card. Mm-hmm, okay. So then in the 55th minute, Francis Coughlin made a pretty reckless challenge, got sent off, and the game turned Tottenham's favor. Okay, so now Arsenal's got 10 yeah. men, but they have to lead 1-0, playing on the road. Yeah, so then... It, Can I ask you a question? Yeah. When Arsenal plays at Tottenham, how many Arsenal fans are in the stands? At least 1,000. 
That's it? Probably wow. more. Out of like 30, 35, 40,000? White Heart maybe more like 2,000. Wow. But meaning... White Heart Lane seats about 41, I think. Okay, so basically the way it works is you can't get those tickets if you're an Arsenal fan, unless you're a, unless you're a Spurs fan. Well, no. Well, like the official... I'd probably say it's up to three or four in the whole stadium. Okay. Maybe All five. Right. All right. All right, that was a tangent. Sorry. Okay. It's okay. So, then the 60th minute, Tottenham Corner... Mm-hmm. Delivered by Eric Lamella, Toby Outerverald, who's been easily one of the best defenders of the Premier League this season. Okay. Equalizes for the Spurs. Great header. 1-0. Crowd is going... 1-1. One, one, one. Crowd's going nuts. Then that then that's when the match really started. Harry Kane, who mm. last... He's one of our own. <laughs> He's one of... The last North London Derby at White Hart Lane in the league. It was a 2-1 win in Tottenham. Erdogan gave Arsenal early... Leave, but then Kane scored twice, mm. and it was 2-1. So Kane again, he gets the ball, edge of the box, all the way on the left. Mm-hmm. He hits an amazing curling effort around Davido Spina. Mm. Petr Cech was out injured, unfortunately, oh. for Arsenal. Oh. Great goal. Then then came Alexis Sanchez, who hadn't scored in the league since November. Wow. And then he, he created a goal of nothing. Beautiful shot past Hugo Lloris. Just amazing. And it showed, even though he, hasn't been, he has been inconsistent this season, all, I'll be, he's been injured. He scores against big teams. He had seven. This was his seventh goal in the league this season. Six of those have been against Tottenham, a hat trick away to Leicester City, mm. and two goals against Man United in addition to one against Watford. Now, if this had been last year, though, three goals against Leicester City wouldn't have been considered goals against a top-tier team. No, but plainly. this year. Wow. So what does that say about Alexis? He shows up when his team needs him. Man in the match display last year in the FA Cup final. Brilliant goal from about 25 or 30 yards out. Either that, or I could come up with another theory, which is that he doesn't put out enough effort for the lower-tier teams. That's true. Yeah. He he never stops. He's a workhorse. He, now, do you love him because he came from Barca? I do. He's the kind of player who you appreciate more, though, once he's not at Barcelona anymore, because he's more of the main man. He can really see what you really see what he can do at mm. another club. Let me ask you a question, Salman. Do you think that your fandom is fair? What do you mean? Well, you're such a fan of Barca. Yeah. Do you think you're able to be relatively objective about how uh, how good players are based on whether you love them because of Barca or you despise them because they have some connection to, let's say, Real Madrid? Let, let, me, let me put it a different scenario. Let's pretend that Leo Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo... Both went out for Halloween. Uh, Leo in Barcelona, and 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 Ronaldo Cristiano in um, in Madrid, and they both decided to dress up as Hitler. <laughs> okay, I don't think we can put this on the air. Now I know that you would look at what Cristiano did and say that that's ridiculous. It's it's horrible. It's disrespectful. It's maybe criminal in every way. But I have a feeling that you would find a way to think that it's somehow okay that Leo did it. Unfortunately, that's probably true. Mm -hmm. What do you you think would be your explanation for why it was okay that Leo did it? I don't know, but I would definitely think of one. Like you would think it would be like some social justice awareness raising that something involving him being from Argentina, maybe. Because all that's where the Nazis playing. I, I I twist it somehow. You would twist it. I, it's terrible, but I probably would. Right. So that, so this brings us back to Alexis. So do you think that your assessment of Alexis as a player is colored by the fact, se- seriously colored by the fact that he's uh, a Barca pro? Not seriously. Maybe a little bit, but... I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Oh, I'm I just know. asking. I'm yeah. just asking. Yeah. So take us to, through the end of the North London Derby outcome. So after that, everyone's realized there could be a winner, but... Not many more chances happened after that. Tottenham had a good chance or two, but ended 2-2. It was really a win for Leicester. They beat Watford 1-0 the next day off 
uh, Riyad Mahrez's goal. And as of this moment, we happen to be speaking on the Sunday night after the weekend action. Uh, how's the table looking in the Premier League? It's good. So do you want me to read you the top four? I'd love you to read me the top four. So fourth place was 28 games is Manchester City. They have 50 points. From bottom to top, it's Arsenal, Tottenham, Leicester. Mm-hmm. It's Arsenal has 52 points. How many games, though? Do they all have... The top three of 29, and City okay. has 28. So a City win in their match, and we'll put them above Arsenal. Mm-hmm. But not above hand. Spurs or... No, they have a match hand from the Capital and Cup final. Yeah. Then Tottenham has 55, and then Leicester has 60 points. How many matches left, then? We've got uh, 11... Nine for the top three, and then City has 10. 10. So if you had to predict right now, and you do, because I'm asking you, who's going to win the Premier League this year? Leicester. You really think I really, that in your heart? How, do you want to go over the run-in schedule for the big teams now? I apparently would. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> so Leicester, they do have a hard end of the season. Can you give a, like a 60-second primer for me on Leicester and how unlikely it is that they're here and why? Honestly, it's kind of amazing they've been in the Premier League. Last season, they were having a terrible season. Everyone was sure they'd go down. They pulled off a miraculous escape, then sacked them. And that was their first season in the Premier League, yes? They had just been promoted? Not their or first two. ever. Not their first ever. They ha- it was their first season. But for a back long up. time. Back up, yeah. Then they stacked their manager, Nigel Pearson, over the summer because his son, who was involved with the club, had some played a part of some racist sex orgy in Thailand or something. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. I'm not so comfortable with you knowing about the racist sex orgy, but you're 15, <laughs> so I guess it's fine. Are you joking? No. no. Yes. Yes. No. Maybe. Okay. Um. So they hired Claudio Ranieri, who's... Had a spell at Chelsea, just failed as a manager of Greece. He's very unpredictable. Mm-hmm. He's called the Tinker Man because of his, how much <laughs> he likes to change about his teams. Okay, yeah. So then they started winning and winning, and everyone was like, no one took him seriously. They thought it was fun, this won't last, so. And they just have a pretty simple philosophy. It doesn't matter how many we can see, as long as we score more than the other team, and that serves them well. Is that a, a rare philosophy in the Premier League? Or mo- are they less defensive-minded than most Premier mm-hmm. teams? Yeah, they're very attack-minded. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you want to go through the top four schedules? Sure. So Leicester, their final three matches are against Man United, Everton, and Chelsea, which will not be easy. Well, yeah. But they've played United, Chelsea, and Everton all once this year. They beat Chelsea and Everton and drew United, a match that they arguably deserve to win. Besides that, the schedule is pretty easy, except they have matches against Sunderland and Newcastle, although those are both terrible teams this season. They're fighting relegation tooth and nail, and they'll put the, they need to win just as much, if not more, than Leicester. So those will be interesting matches, because Leicester will be trying to win its first Premier League title ever. Yeah. Very, 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 very unlikely title, but some of their opponents will be teams that are just trying to stay up in the yeah. Premier League. So that'll be... Obviously, full effort from everybody. Yeah. Then Arsenal has a pretty easy schedule. They're one big, big Premier League match in the second to last week of the season, away to Man City, who okay. they beat 2 0 the Emirates earlier this season. Okay. And then what about Man City's schedule? But um, Arsenal, oh, so they, they, they're still involved with the Champions League, though they're very unlikely to go through after a 2 0 first leg loss to Barcelona. Mm-hmm. But they're still in the FA Cup. They have a replay against Hull this Tuesday. So. That's got to be exhausting, playing all those cup matches yeah. and then Premier League schedule. Yeah? Yeah. And then Man City, um, they could also suffer cup burnout. They're still in the Champions League. But that's, that's the only competition they're still involved in outside the Premier League. Okay. They have to play Man U, Chelsea, and obviously Arsenal. Right. So that could, that's going to be interesting. And who'd you leave out? Spurs, yes? Spurs. They still have to play Liverpool, Manchester United, and Chelsea. And then the Europa League round of 16 uh, against Borussia Dortmund, which will not be easy. Dortmund has outside chances of winning the league title this So season. when you predict that uh, Leicester will win the Premier League, is one big factor the fact that they don't have cup burnout? 
by being in these other They're definitely effects. I honestly just think they're the best and most consistent you team really this do. season. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, th- I think the two t- big contenders this year, honestly, are Leicester and Spurs. What does it say about sport or life in general that a team that no one in their right mind would have predicted would be even in the top four, pro- may- maybe not even the top eight, has a legitimate chance to win the well, Premier League? Honestly, most... Leicester was most people's one of their first choices to go down the season. It just shows how unpredictable everything is. Everything meaning sport, life? Life and sport. You know what it makes me think? It makes me think that sometimes when you look at a person and you think that that person like doesn't have potential or that they're just not good or they're not going to be able to accomplish Mm -hmm. something, you just never know. Yeah. It's remarkable. Also, my soccer coach, Travis Martial, told me something interesting. Tell me. Leicester's tactics season... Although they've been good, they're very simple. It's like the old Premier League model of the four four two. You have a back four is tough. The fullbacks can attack. You have four guys across the midfield, two hardworking wingers who can both attack and get back, two very hardworking players in the center, and Nagolo Kante and uh, Indian Drinkwater and Mares and Albright on the wings, then up front Okazaki and Vardy. Strikers can both create and attack. Incredibly fast, incredibly hard work rate. It's just a very it's simple tactics, but incredibly successful. Mm. So okay, so we've covered the North London Derby. We've covered your prediction for Premier League outcome. How okay? If you had to say with a degree of com, what what, what percentage? Uh, uh, what how confident are you? However, you want to measure that that your prediction of Leicester winning the table. Let's say thirty seven percent. Really, I would consider that pretty high. Really. Okay, and who would be second? Spurs. Really? Yeah. So Man City and Arsenal, the two giants relative. They both could win. I don't think City's going to win this year. I think they should be the winners because I think they have the best squad, and I think it's kind of an embarrassment that they're kind of far off. Yeah. They could could still easily do it. And in terms of you as a fan, personal happiness, what would make you happiest? Not City. Right. (laughs) I'd like Leicester or Tottenham. Mm -hmm. I'd be happy with Arsenal. I just don't want City pretty much. Why? I don't like how teams are just coming with money the past few years. And also City, they're a usual contender. Even though Arsenal's always contending, they haven't won it for 10 years. Tottenham has won it since the 60s. I don't think Leicester's ever won it. Do you want to go to Spain now? Yeah, sure. I'll go to Spain. Okay. You know, we're not going to go there, right? We can go there in our minds? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. So let's say I'm a huge Barcelona fan. I hate Real Madrid more than most things, and I do I just I do not like Cristiano Ronaldo. Why is it not enough to love Barcelona without hating Real Madrid? Hatred is what ma- is what motivates us. <laughs> <laughs> that's, but that's not true, is it? I don't know, but because I've become a Barca fan through you, and we go to the Barca Pena, the club where we watch at the pub with everybody, and I have to say, I feel like the fans are very like they love Barcelona. They know so much about the club, the history, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't feel like there's a widespread hatred necessarily for it. Maybe for if you Real if you were a member of the Pena's uh, close members Facebook page, mm. you would think differently. Really? Give me In- an example. Is or is it private? You're not supposed to. Share. Do you want me to pull it up? Sure. So Denis Cherishev is a Real Madrid player on loan at. Uh, Valencia. Real Madrid fielded him ineligibly in the Copa del Rey this season, not knowing that he was suspended for yellow card accumulation oh. on the last season. And then that's how... And, the, and they got disqualified in Copa del Rey. Four hours ago, someone on the Peña Facebook page posted, Cherishev Tiquero was translated to Cherishev, I love you. 
<laughs> Let's see. Okay. But that's not hatred. That's just like clever mockery. Okay. Do you want me to find more? Yeah. Although I will say, what is the chant? Um, Madrid, cabron, saluda campeon. Can I, curse, can I kind of curse on, on air? Apparently you can. I mean, it's Madrid, bastard, salute the champions. Okay. But even that's not really hatred. That's more like, again, mockery, like standing atop the corpse. Yeah. All right, here, so there are rumors recently that Cristiano Ronaldo is gay, which obviously we have no problem with, but uh, someone posted on the Payne's Facebook page um, a picture of Ronaldo with his supposed um, partner, I blank on the name, but it's a, I think I'm a rock and boxer. Okay. On vacation together, and Ronaldo, as you can see here, is being held in the <laughs> man's arms. Okay. And then... Is that a real picture or is that, that a doctored this, this picture? This is a real picture. Yeah, okay. Then it shows Ronaldo after scoring with his goals yesterday against Celta de Vigo with the ball in his shirt act, making pregnancy. Uh-huh. He might not be doing this case, but many players do that. Right. And th- and then someone posted on the Pena's Facebook saying anything, pretty much. Yeah. Again, I would argue, I, I don't think that's... Let me ask, okay, question. Uh, do you think that the average Barca fan hates Real Madrid as much, more, or less than the average, let's say, Yankees fan hates the Red Sox? No comparison. Miles more. Miles more. Miles. All right, here's one, just a random picture that someone posted on Payne's Facebook page on Friday with just a Barca fan smiling a jersey, the Real Madrid logo crossed out. Okay, all right. Okay, so let's move on. So what did you want to say about Spain before I got you sidetracked here? Um, so let's go back to what happened in Spain this week. Let's Ronaldo, do. like I said, as much as I don't like him, he was incredibly impressive this week. Showed glimpses of his power and strength that when he played at Man United with four goals against a decent Celtic that was a real, team. That was a diss right there, yeah. right? He scored more Same goals. He showed the power that he used to show at Man he United. He scored more goals than Real Madrid, but just he's turned into a more boring... How do you think he is as a teammate? He gets a little too much slack. He does assist more than he's going to credit for, but he's not, his attitude is terrible. He said last week after that loss at Real Madrid, if my teammates were on my level, maybe we'd be in first place. Mm. Granted, he's clarified saying he meant fitness levels, mm. but still, that's not what you say. That's, that's... He criticized a few of his teammates, including Danilo and Jesse Lucas Vasquez, Matija Kovacic, saying they were not good enough, pretty much. Now, um, let's say that someone like Messi or Piquet or someone else on Barcelona said believed all those things to be true about their own team would they ever say it no maybe pk with his hot headed yeah, i doubt he, is pretty he, he he keeps addressing if you were married to shakira you might be a little hot-headed too <laughs> no actually what i mean by that is i think it would take a hot-headed man to be with shakira Why? that's what i mean to say because there's a lot of passion involved there and you know i could see her not wanting someone milk toasty like leo leo's cute Leo's like, adorable. He's just a, he's, like you pick he's pick him up, put him in your pocket, and we're gonna delete this. I think put a kind of hat on him, <laughs> just carry him. Like, but <laughs> but PK, I don't know. PK is very hot headed. Mm-hmm. So Ronaldo had four beautiful goals against Celta, including a thundering shot from thirty yards out. Great mm-hmm. free kick. He's now one ahead of Luis Suarez in the Pachichi race. Poof. Messi is six-pack of Ronaldo. Granted, he's missed, he missed two, two months. months so, right? yeah. um, Ronaldo yesterday, he beat Telmo Zara, the previous holder of La Liga. Top score record, which Messi now has, was, I think, 307 goals in La Liga. Also the top assister. And people are arguing that Ronaldo's better because it took him seven seasons to beat the record. Seven seasons in La Liga. Yeah, yeah. and it took Messi ten. But I gonna now do, I think I should say why that doesn't matter. So this is a classic case of Salman Dubner arguing for why... Barca or a Barca player is better than a Real Madrid player. And you're expecting us to accept this as 
provable and rational. Of course. Okay. See what you got. So, yes, Ronaldo broke the record in three less seasons than Messi. Okay. Granted, but, however, Ronaldo came to La Liga from Menu for a then-world record transfer fee. Okay. Already one of the best players in the world, How fully old? developed. He was about 25, 26. Okay. Messi was the only player for Barcelona. His first season or two, he barely played. He was young. Not developed at all. And anyway. Teeny. Yeah. Um, and also, in, that, in Ronaldo's seven seasons, he has one league title compared to Messi's seven. Mm. And soon to be eight. Because th- this year's La Liga title race is pretty much a foregone conclusion. How many, how many Champions League trophies has Ronaldo led his team to? One at Madrid, one at United. Mm-hmm. And Messi? He's technically won four, but he was injured for a fair amount of the first one. But mm-hmm. So you could say three or four, it depends which way you want to go. This is going to be one of those arguments that people have for the next 50 years. Never going to really, end. Right. right. Unless okay. Messi wins the World Cup or Ronaldo. You think that would change it? You think that would really secure it? Like, if you're a huge Messi fan, which you are, if somehow Portugal won a World Cup or the Euros, that's not going to make you say that Ronaldo's better. No. One of my favorite images in the history of the world was after the 2004 Euro final that Portugal was hosting, Ronaldo crying like a baby after losing to Greece in the final. Mm. You're you're not very sympathetic. No, no. It's funny because you're a nice guy. I am. As a human. And you're sympathetic toward real people. I mean, not that Ronaldo's not (laughs) real. Toward people you know. But you really, you have no sympathy for him. In some ways I do. I I feel bad for him. They can't come out as gay because most people realize he probably is. I feel bad they have to live in the closet. That can't be fun. Yeah. Because if he lived in America, maybe, but Spain, thus... The treatment he get from opposition fans would be. Do you really ab- think? Do you really think it'd be any better in America? To a to would. a degree. Yeah, to a degree. To a degree. Yeah, no, you're probably. Huh. Um, well, that's interesting. So you can certainly you empathize with the human part of him, but not the athlete part. It yeah. sounds like. Even though you acknowledge how good he is. Definitely, I think he's the fifth best player in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I think Messi, Suarez, Neymar are better. And Wait, think- let me guess. Number four, mixed discrude. Ned Grabovoy. Close. I say Iniesta. Does. His technical ability, his decision making. I think, does in terms of pure ability, he is better than Ronaldo. Right, let me say one thing. Look, that's incredibly biased. Let me say one thing, Salman. That's what I was gonna say. As incredible, <laughs> the four best players in the world, you think are on Barcelona? Yes. That's pot. I mean, they are plainly one of the best clubs in the world ever. So it's not such a stretch. But it's pretty stretchy. Yeah. So How'd Barca do this weekend? We did very well. We beat Ibar 4-0. Ibar has that great tiny stadium yeah. that you could fit. Like, I actually got a painted Facebook page and posted how they want to buy one of those houses so they could just watch all the Ibar games. That would be fun. Yeah. yeah. They're probably not that expensive. Where is Ibar? It's in Basque country. I- mm-hmm. Ibar is a city. How big a city is Ibar? Any idea? Population is about 5,000 people. No. Yeah. No. The stadium, which is about fifty-two to 5,400, is bigger than the... Um, it, it was enough to fit the whole town and a little bit more. Really? No, no. He, G- Wikipedia is telling me that it has about 28,000 people. That sounds more I think, sensible. I think that's in, like, the whole, the municipality. Wow. In any case, Ibar is tiny. And and did you feel that Ibar put up a good fight today in their 4-0 <laughs> victory, was it? 4 nil Loss. Defeat. Yeah. They, they, they presented themselves well. They've had, last season was their first ever season in the Spanish top flight. They started very well, incredibly well, looking like they could qualify for the Europa League somehow. Mm-hmm. Then between January and May, they won only one match, finished 18th, the highest of the relegation places, but miraculously got to stay up as Elche, um, who I believe finished around 16th, was relegated due to their financial troubles. They were not allowed to stay up. And, and that's Ibar, why Ibar got to stay and up. And now then. they're currently in Eighth place. Wow. So, that's, so Ibar might be the Leicester of La Liga next year. Not quite. <laughs> Six points off a Euro, European place. Granted, they probably won't qualify for Europe. 
That's still incredible. They are the kind of club that if you were not a Barca fan, you would probably root for them to turn into Leicester next year. Yeah, and I'd love to see them crack the top four as long as they don't affect Barca. Okay, quickly, because we've been on this a while now, summarize the scoring for Barca tonight. Okay. So the first goal was about eight minutes in. Beautiful ball for Messi to Suarez, who crossed Describe for... that ball. That was a crazy ball. It, it, I think it was like outside the foot or a toe poke, wasn't well, it? I don't... And he was standing... He was just standing still on the right wing. Right. Hits over the defense of Suarez. Suarez squares it for Munir, who's filling in for the suspended Neymar, just yellow card accumulation. Great finish from... No, actually, no, it was an easy tap-in. It was an easy tap-in, yeah. But Suarez... Munir acknowledged Suarez and Messi, which was nice to see. That... Munir is how old? Like nine? <laughs> Nineteen. Yeah. He looks very, he looks very, very young. No, he's 20. And he's slender. He's 20. He's, yeah. he's Do you small. think he's going to make it at Barca? I don't. I think he could stick around and be a good rotation player, but I don't, he's not going to crash starting 11. I hate to say it. He doesn't look either strong or fast enough. I like, think the speed is okay. Just he's, he's small and weak. Mm. Okay. Um, goal number two. Oh, goal number two. Messi picks it up in midfield off a bad turnover from Ibar. Could pass either either way to Munir Suarez. He's got Munir on his left, Suarez on his right. I think so. He, he's not a selfish player, but he just keeps going, powers through the defense, beats a few guys. Beautiful shot into the far post bottom corner. And the third goal was a penalty. Barca, we have the three best players in the world rotating, taking our penalties. <laughs> But they can't. I don't get it. So I was what like, do you think is uh, in the last two or three years, whatever? What do you think is the MSN combined penalty kick make rate since last year? Uh, probably like sixty. Well, it's not that far below the norm. Well, it is. That's the, pre- the, the, the mean. The mean is probably it, about. You know, it might be fifty. Ugh. It's pretty bad. But most teams, it's usually most penalty At least kicks 75. seventy-five or eighty percent are made. Yeah. Yeah. So Messi, great Panenka, 3-0. Then the fourth goal. On the PK. Yeah. Yep. Sergio Roberto, great volley pass, came out as a sub, great player. Suarez controls it well, nutmegs one defender, muscles off another defender, impossible angle, shoots it across goal, beats the keeper. It's unbelievable. That was, a cr- that was the easily the best goal of the match, yeah? Even better than Messi's first. I'd say so, yeah. yeah. So that's La Liga. Now, before we're, we finish, we're just going to round up into two or three minutes what happened in Germany, France, sure. and the rest of England. Let's hear it. Now, I don't before. know any of this, so this will all be new to so me. So it was Der Classic Air, Bayern Dortmund. Bayern going in the match, five points out of Dortmund. It was in Dortmund. And somehow it ended no nil. Plethora of chances, good one. Uh, <laughs> Roman Berkey had some great, had a great one-on-one stop. Douglas Costa off a Bayern counterattack. I have no idea how Costa did not score that. Artur Vidal had some great chances for Bayern as did Robin and Muller. Marco Royce score for Dortmund is a great match. So Bayern looks like they'll win the league again. No surprise there. If Dortmund had taken this match, it would have been a real dogfight yeah. to the end. Though. They would have been two points behind. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's Germany. What happened in France this weekend? PSG somehow for the second straight week didn't win. Whoa. Yeah. That is a big deal because they've been just yeah. ridiculous. Now, do you hate it when a league has teams that dominant at the top? I honestly don't really care much about league in. Mm. Ever be honest. Because yeah. why? You care it's about Ebra. Yeah. I just, mean, you, well, you, I guess because it is boring. Like Right now, the second place team, Monaco, is w- one point closer to the relegation zone than they are at the first place. <laughs> That's PSG has 29 ma- matches played. Wait, is that possible? Yeah. PSG is first place with 74 points. Monaco is second with 51. Okay. 18th place, GFC Ajaccio uh, is in 18th place. Yeah. The f- highest relegation place and it's 29 points. Right. So it's basically in Ligue 1, it's PSG and everybody else. Yeah. And how long has it been that way? Only a few years. Four. Three and then five. what other league do you want to catch us up on? Italy? The title contenders in Serie A. Roma, great 4-1 win over Fiorentina. Shout out to my friend Giacomo from Rome. Mm-hmm. Um, How's Giacomo feeling about the Rome chances this year? He's not very <laughs> excited. They're 
Yeah, they're... They fired their manager, Rudy Garcia, Bruno, Luciano Spalletti. They're improving, actually. They're only eight points off the lead in third place. I think they could... They'll probably qualify for the Champions League, actually, which is good. Looks like they weren't going to for a while. Another big match is Napoli beat Cave over Verona 3-1. Uh, Inter beat Palermo 3-1 as well. And Juve beat Atalanta 2-0 with a beautiful solo goal from Mario Lamina. Now, of all the people on all the clubs that are not Barca right now, who do you most want to end up on Barca? Paul Pogba. You do love Paul Pogba. He's going to go. Yeah. I know you think he will? will? I do. Yeah. Now, what's uh, what's in it for Juventus, or do they not have any control over him after this year? They have a chance at keeping him, but if Barca comes, I think he'll want to go. Mm-hmm. But he's definitely happy at Juve for Who now. Do you think, so you think Juventus will easily win Serie A this year? They start off terribly, but they haven't lost like 20, ma- or like mm. 20 matches. I, yeah, that I was think. some reversal, right? They had a yeah. really bad start. Yeah, they're three points clear of, of Napoli right now. They're in the Coppa Italia final, and they're, they could... They could go far in the Champions League again. All right. So, Solomon, uh, you have caught us up beautifully on the major European leagues. Now, just one more to go. Please. We're going to just finish up in England with the big teams. Okay. The quote-unquote big teams. United lost one to West Brom. Wamata got sent off for the first time in his career. Solomon Rondon won it for the host, West Brom. Chelsea drew 1-1 Stoke. Mm, sounds and, about right. And Liverpool came back from a deficit to Crystal Palace with 10 million Liverpool. Great comeback win at Sellers Park over Crystal Palace. Robert Firmino equalized with a great goal from 20 yards in the 72nd minute. And then Christian Benteke, the sub, 94th minute penalty winner off, off a horrendous dive that should not have been awarded. There's barely any contact. One of the worst calls I've seen in a while. He was a diver, Benteke? Huge dive, yeah, and they converted the penalty. And so that wraps up our show. We'll see you after rounding up the Champions League and Europa League action. I can't wait. Nice talking to you, son. Me too.